The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time to get that pen and paper ready because you might just learn something. But before we get started with our show, A Veteran's Place and Dr. Don Moeller, we always start our shows off that have a military flavor to them, a veteran's flavor. And this show is A Veteran's Place, and we certainly invite all veterans to join in and uh, also to go to our uh, website. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. And... Uh, Hopefully, we'll have that wound up for you very shortly and uh, some more information. So, with that being said, before we get started, because we honor our veterans and our active duty folks, as well as our first responders, we start each show with a moment of silence and ask that you remember those that have fought for us and those that are fighting for us and those that come to our aid when we call. They're all very important in our life, and uh, we need them on a day-in and day-out basis. So we'll take just a moment, and uh, we'll be back right after this. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with Dr. Don Moeller. And we do one other thing is we do new shows that are aimed at veterans. And I don't, well, actually, uh, first responders, when, when they're in training, they do the same thing. So we always like to make sure, in fact, Dr. Moeller insists on only hearts that are beating Listen to his shows. So we we want to make sure your heart is beating. And we started off with what we all love as we went through basic and went through any of our military training was our Jodies. So let's play a Jody. Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? And now that we got your heart beating well, it's time for our show. We've got Dr. Don Moeller on the line just to give you, a, you know, a little of his resume. Not only did Don was Don a uh, medic in Vietnam, but he also uh, came back from Nam, went to dental school, became a dentist, and then decided, gee, I need more education. I think I'll become an MD. So not only is Don a oral surgeon, but he's also 
a medical doctor. So you really can't, if you go in to see Don with a problem, he's going to fix it. He's like the all-duty, he can do everything from brakes to engine repairs. So if you go see him, that's what you're going to get. And if you're having a sleeping problem due to PTSD, Dr. Don has an answer for you. It's 98% effective and you will get the best sleep you've had in years. So you need to listen and find out more and more about Dr. Don Moeller. And with that being said, good morning, Don. Good morning, Dave. I appreciate always, as always, the chance to talk to uh, our veterans and first responders. I think we've got a pretty pretty good show today. Uh, I'm going to start it off. Uh, last week, uh, we were talking about uh, near-death experiences, uh, and I'm going to transition that into post-PTSD, uh, post-traumatic growth, and some of the things we can expect. Uh, and I'm going to make a connection, and I'm sure that there were listeners last week that were going, where is this guy going? Well, it was a huge topic, and I've been doing some research on it, uh, more extensive than I had last week. And it's my opinion now that near-death experiences, and we're going to talk about those briefly, can be very closely uh, approximated to the overwhelming PTSD experience uh, that our listeners have had, or if you're a family member with a member that's had PTSD, it's going to give you an idea of the magnitude and the effect uh, that's occurred uh, when, let's say, a young soldier uh, is confronted with the horrors of war, and they're actually experiencing something that's way over the top with respect to uh, someone uh, who's trying to imagine what your loved one uh, or your family member has gone through. And so it occurred to me, and this is a result of the horrible things that Hamas has done uh, to the Israelis on October 7th, and I want to make the statement that those mature individuals now who are hunting for the bodies of the deceased and still are and trying to piece together uh, as part of their Jewish death ritual these people, they have experienced horrible things. The people that have to go in and see what Hamas did uh, are candidates for PTSD. And, and the amazing thing is, is they still go in and do it. Now, I have not spoken with nor read reports of those individuals having to be confronted with the cleanup, and that's what we'll call it, uh, Don, what happened. Don, yeah. could I ask you something? Sure. Um, and it just dawned on me, and in the time that we've been doing this, I don't think I've ever directly asked you this question, but as... As a first responder, you know, uh, that's one thing. Um, and as a soldier, an infantry or medic, um, 
that's another thing because you're right there hands-on and you're seeing it live and direct and in many cases it's uh, squirting on you as a matter of fact. But does is there a intensity with PTSD that if if I'm 25 feet away, 50 feet away, and even though I may see somebody get blown away, I'm not there, I'm not hands-on, I'm just in the, in the background or in the foreground or whatever you want to call it. And is there a difference or intensity level of between the person that's standing away from it and doesn't really get involved or the person that is a medic or is a first responder and goes right in and, uh, you know, gets right in the middle of it. Is there a, a level of PTSD? Yeah, uh, yes and no. The yes is if you are personally involved, and that means your your squad is under attack, or you believe that you're about to become a participant in either the recovery or as a wounded person, yeah, you're, you're involved. In fact, graves registration people, those, and I'll call them heroes that have to go out and recover the American, the, 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 the soldiers, uh, that have been injured and killed, they're participants. And the nurses, I've had numerous nurses who were on uh, in the ER duty that had to deal with it. And, yeah, they're involved. You betcha. And it even so it extends from someone in your squad, someone in your platoon, knowing that your friends are, are, have come under, let's say, mortar fire. Uh, absolutely, uh, you're involved. And it, it, the, the PTSD diagnosis, even if you go to bed in your significant other, whatever, you wake up in the morning, that significant other has died. You're a candidate for PTSD. So the answer to your question is yes and yes. Not yes and no. I should have said yes and yes. And that's why, uh, did, did that answer your question, Dave? Yeah, you know, I've, um, the level, okay, say, say you're, uh, a first responder, but, you're really not responsible for, or you work for a company that's a first responder, but yet you don't drive the ambulance yourself, or you're not part of the team that goes out to whatever has happened. You hear the stories, but you don't really, so, but you, for some reason you have PTSD. Is it less intense than the person that's, Put on the rubber gloves and gotten right in the middle of it. Right now, that I could say that's correct. If you are administrative person for an ambulance company or an administrative uh, clerk in an intensive care unit, your your uh, chances of getting the full PTSD experience are much less. I can say that. And so, uh, it's it's good that you that you brought that up. You. Family members that have significant others, like the dad, the head of the family, or the mom that has had PTSD, those families are at risk for PTSD, those members of that family. So, and I said, whoa, that's kind of interesting, but it's true. 
So if if your dad has been on a multi-mission, you know, operations, and he comes back, he's changed. And and actually, that's a great, I hate the word segue into what we're going to talk about. But here here's what's what's really going on. The near-death experience, now there are people, this is well-documented, and I'm just going to give a reference so that you can follow on with some scholarship. There's First of all, there's uh, a website that's called Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, N-D-E-R-F.org, and you can go there. Now, the next uh, thing I want to mention is a journal, Missouri Medicine. It's in 2014, Volume 111. It's the September-October issue, and the author was uh, Jeffrey Long, M.D. This is a very scholarly piece of uh, uh, work uh, that that covers the fact that near-death experiences are just don't belong in a circus sideshow. So we're also going to talk about the naysayers, and I'll, if we have enough time at the end, I'm not going to give much time to these people, but. Uh, we're going to talk about that, too. So uh, what we have going on here, when I say I'm, retri- I'm relating near-death experiences to post-traumatic growth from PTSD, let's compare uh, what's going on with a near-death experience. These are life-changing experiences. They're very real. They're scientifically documented, and that's why I started this uh, by giving you the quote from Missouri Medicine. There's plenty of other uh, sources that talk about it. What's going on is uh, I'm making an analogy to night vision goggles. Uh, before night vision goggles came along, uh, you couldn't work at night in the battlefield. There was nothing. It was kind of shut the battle down except for, you know, raids and whatever. Where am I going with this? You talk with a World War II soldier at Korean War and say, hey, you know, we, we fight at night now. They go, well, that, that's hard for me to imagine because we could never do that. And they said, well, no, we have night vision goggles and we can do that. When someone's had a near-death experience or a PTSD experience, they're really relating to you in, a, in, an, in an area where it's very difficult to just say, oh, yeah, I believe you. I mean, I can see what your problem is. No, you really can't. It's just like the soldiers trying to imagine fighting at night with night vision <laughs> devices. Well, we're going to understand what you're We're going to take right a break, there. and when we come back, I'll hit you with one. So let's take that break, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with Dr. Don Muller, and 
we're talking about night vision. And um, when I was in, <laughs> uh, they had we had night vision, but it was called a starlight scope. Right. And uh, it was bulky. It, you know, what they have now fits on your weapon. And, uh, you know, it's not near as bulky and and can see the see in the dark much, much better than we could the green visions that we saw with the starlight scope. So I think I just told my age. What do you think, Don? Well, Dave, <laughs> the reason I brought up that, and, 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 and basically uh, where I'm going with this, when you've had a near-death experience or you talk to someone who has, those are life-changing experiences. And what happens? Well, I'll let you read the paper, the, the, the published science papers. But their life has been radically changed, and it's unexpected. They did not expect to have a near-death experience. They did not know. It, it wasn't pre-programmed, so, hey, start reading on it so you know what you're going to experience. It just kind of jumps into your life, and you've got to deal with it. Well, how is that like a post-traumatic stress, especially combat post-traumatic stress, or even for anybody, uh, a single event? That's very close to a near-death experience because you've you've had a look, and we'll call it at the other side, the other side, the dark side of the house, the evil side of the house. Now, that's not necessary for near-death experience, but the PTSD experience is a a spiritual experience, and I'm going to label it as such because it's a moral injury. They're, the, the science people are going to have to admit that. We're going to kind of walk through this. We've kind of mentioned this before. But when you've had a post-traumatic stress ex, uh, disorder experience, your uh, belief system has been rocked to the foundation, and you've got to understand that. Uh, we've talked before about psychology just being a very recent thing that's occurred on this planet, the study of psychology. For for thousands of years, the warriors coming back had cultural acceptance. They went to, we'll call them spirit-filled lodges and sweat, sweat environments. That's talked by Ed Tick. He wrote a nice text on that, a book on that. And so what's happening is coming back from a war, You've seen stuff, and the ancient people realize that, and they also realize that you've had a moral injury. The path back to the village, to your culture, was already outlined by the, the spirit the spirit people, we'll call them. We're, now they're chaplains, they're theologians. They're, they could help you find your way back, and here's the problem that modern soldiers have. If you enter a group that denies the power of spiritual development or spiritual involvement with your PTSD, uh, you're at a big disadvantage because moral injuries are very real. And and I can tell you that personally. What you've got to do, and, and I've used the word, the framework, you've got a new worldview and you've got a new framework. Well, here's where we're going with it. The near-death experience, you... You have a 3D framework now that you've, that you've got to integrate what happened to you in a near-death experience. Well, I want the PTSD folks to hang in there because you've had a giant spiritual injury. 
just like the people with a near-death experience have had a, a spiritual awakening. And I want you, the, the readers, I, I want people to come in with a negative attitude because that's I like people with a negative attitude. Like, well, the, if you, the funny thing is, is that Missouri is known as the show me state. And, and I'm sure that the uh, medical journal of Missouri Medicine is not going to be turned off like if you go, hey, show me. So what you're dealing with is you've seen people with a near-death experience. That has changed their life. At least 50%, you read the literature, have had a major change, and another 25% have had a moderate change. So it's a life-changing experience. Well, that's what we're dealing with in PTSD. You sent a loved one off to war, usually a young young person, you know, hey, anybody under 40 is young, and they've come back with an earth-shaking uh, structural moral injury problem, spiritual problem. What you see in a war zone, and that's why I'm, I'm referring to Hamas, uh, and that's intentionally mispronounced, uh, what those people did to the Israelis, those people minding their own business, they, they entered a horrible war. They, world, their, what they experienced was a evil spiritual dimension confrontation. And when I uh, went to Vietnam and other wars and see and saw the horrendous destruction, you took a Cali boy who was in San Diego, spent a day on the beach, and then got on a plane to go to uh, Vietnam. I mean, that was a that was not you were not prepared. No one is prepared for that. And so now, what I'm talking about is how do we heal our soldiers? veterans with PTSD problems, step one is to realize it was a near-death experience. You confronted the dark side of humanity. Now, near-death experiences do not confront most of the dark side of humanity. They, they have a religious, spiritual experience on the other side. And I've had patients uh, and, and work with, they were my PTSD patients, they they have no fear of death anymore. It's it's strange. You know, they just don't care. They go, I'm not, I don't wake up worrying about dying like a lot of us do. Uh, not these people. So PTSD, you have to look for changes that have been made in your life uh, in the spiritual dimension. In other words, you have... Uh, um, what, what I, what I, the comparison, and, and that's why I, I wanted to bring up night vision goggles. So people say, what is he talking about? I want to get your attention. You're trying to relate with PTSD to talk to someone from a world that never had night vision goggles. They can't even imagine. Well, when you go intervene in a primitive culture, with you take a cell phone and take a picture or call someone, you should, there, there are two general responses. One, they step back and think it's something from the God. They put it in a in a spiritual dimension. And other people, and obviously, they integrate cell phones, radios, in the use in their culture, and they're not frightening. So where am I going with this? Post-traumatic growth in Vietnam after uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is mandatory. That has to be your goal every single day. How am I going to integrate this experience into my life now? And that's why I discussed reframing 
your, you know, your life. And, and I and I said your frame's been bent. Well, now I'm adding to that. It's a 3D frame. You've got a, a black and white picture, flat picture, that after PTSD and again near death experience, you've got a three dimensional experience in your life. And if you're, and if a psychologist, and they do good work, I'm, I'm going to say that. What I'm saying is the third dimension of your PTSD injury is in the spiritual realm. You now have a three-dimensional uh, frame. You've got to fit everything in. I, I wonder and how many uh, cases of PTSD will come out of Harvard. Uh, out of what? Out of Harvard. And what they're experiencing, yeah, and what they're oh, experiencing yeah. right now. Well, that, that's kind of interesting. In a, in a, in a nutshell, once you've denied uh, God, you, you have basically said, "I'm going to solve my PTSD problem on a two-dimensional photograph," and it's a three-dimensional frame. You got to put that in, and and and, and here's the the real problem for. Thousands of years, I'm repeating this, the walk back from the war zone into your culture was through a spiritual counseling, cultural counseling that doesn't exist essentially now for the, for the millions of our veterans. And, and there's, the VA is starting to do research on that. Uh, I'm, they got funding for it, I think, this year. But my point is, the sooner you realize that you've got a PTSD spiritual problem, very similar, again, think near-death experience. Those people enter the spiritual realm, and they're going, this is very real. As a matter of fact, 98% of the people, and they interviewed tens of thousands for this paper, I mean, reported on it. They said not one of them said it wasn't real. Well, two percent did. They they weren't sure. When you've been hit, your soul has been hit with what uh, evil side of the empire can do. You have had a spiritual transformation, and the reason I'm bringing that up today is we're gonna we're gonna use that spiritual transformation for post traumatic growth. Now, the Book of Job is that's one of the first books of the Bible chronologically, not the way it's been placed, but chronologically, uh, the book of Job is one of the, if not the very first book of the Bible. And what happened? Job was confronted with satanic interference in his life from the dark side, like Hamas. Those people are from hell, so there it is. So you've had been visited by somebody from hell, as Job was. And he endured spiritual suffering he endured physical pain and suffering from his disease but what was the uplifting final conclusion of the book of Job Job was right yeah it was spiritual suffering and it was also physical suffering but Job's solution was that God was there the entire time and that completely transforms your ability to heal once you realize that PTSD is a spiritually uh, involved uh, disorder. Just like 
the near-death experience, they go, wait a minute, I was not a spiritual person before I had the near-death experience. Well, you are now. In fact, some of the research shows that regardless of your culture, you can, from the Near East, the East, the Western culture, the near-death experiences are not uh, manifestations of previous religious experiences or doctrines. They're very closely mapped. Even children who report near-death experiences are saying, no, wait a minute, this experience was was beyond reality. And that's what I'm trying to say in the area of PTSD. The option we have is the same option as the ancients had and the same option that Job gives us. We have to incorporate the damage done to our lives as not damage, but as a closer look at how to order our life. And so the near-death experience people are going, I'm not worried about money, I'm not worried about excessively new cars, new homes, jewelry. They have a different life. Well, a PTSD, uh, uh, soldier with PTSD, veteran, you have the capability to say, you know, I'm withdrawing from life. Part of the reason is because the rest of the life, the people that you're relating to have never used night vision goggles to fight spiritual battles, and that's where I'm going with it. You have to you have to realize that your injury, sometimes a lack of your interest in life, is because you've seen how dark the other side can be. And the only reasonable approach to that is to realize you need a spiritual answer for spiritual damage. And that's why I brought the horrendous of the Hamas people. What they've done to Israel and those people was so bad. It was like they crawled out of hell to do that. So that's what your your loved ones with PTSD have to confront. They took a walk to the very dark side. And the only way to get back on that trail from the very dark side, it has to be a spiritual trail. Is that making sense, Dave? It's making so much we're going to uh, take a break and think about it. But it is making sense, yes, Don. So we'll be back right after this. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with our host, Dr. Don Moeller. And uh, we're talking about PTSD and the similarity of PTSD and a near-death experience. And uh, I never thought about that, but, um, you know, and in your research, Don, there's probably been more near-death experiences than, one, are reported, and two, 
that we ever even think about. I, it's not something that, uh, I put a lot of thought to, but there probably more of those happen than, than I'm aware of. Is that a, a true statement? Yes. Yes. And, and, and here is, um, you're, you're, you are taking, your mind, your mind is taking in a lot of information, tremendous amounts of information every minute of every day. But how much of that is life-threatening? Very little, if any. And, and the life-threatening uh, encounters that you have uh, are, are, are multiplied millions, billions of times in preference to placement into your neural system. What do I mean by that? If you uh, eat a nice big piece of steak... It, it's, it's always a good day, but if you almost choke on a piece, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now eating food is dangerous. You you were going to cut uh, your pieces a lot smaller. So what was basically accepted every day is, hey, I'm just having lunch. As soon as it becomes a life-threatening event, you go, wait a minute. That that's no, that's stuck in my brain and also your airway. But you're going to be more careful, and your body is wired that way so that life-threatening events are given a priority with respect to recall, and that's exactly what's happened in PTSD. You were walking down the normal trail, and rockets, mortars, whatever came off, and, it, and, and when some of your friends were killed, that made it very real because you were just next in line. So your brain is computing, this is... This is very life-threatening, where your system then compensates by, especially in a battle zone, everything could be life-threatening. So it, your system ramps up and stays ramped up. So to answer your question, yes, there's a lot of life-threatening things that can occur that before have not made an impression on your mind until they affected you. And that's how PTSD starts. I, I could get instant PTSD just by thinking about being point in Vietnam. And uh, if people don't, those that haven't um, walked, <laughs> marched with a platoon or company and don't know what point is, you're the first one to get the first, you're the first one to hear the bullet that killed you. Yeah. And, and, and Dave, that is what I'm talking about. You, the people with a near-death experience were grabbed from, you know, a safe position, so to speak. And the next thing you know, they're taking a look at Jesus Christ and God. How would you, how, how can you normalize that? Once you've done that, you can't. When you're walking point, and I never walked point, but I agree exactly. The guy that walks point is a heartbeat away from eternity, and he has to live that way for, what, a year? And so that has taken its toll on a moral injury basis for that individual. So when someone tells you, and, this, and I don't mean to trivialize what the psychologists say, but the psychologist, I treated two rangers last week. The psychologist sitting in the warm room with the dimmed light 
has no idea of the terror that his patients have endured in their tour of duty and to suggest, well, let me give you some happy thoughts. Man, we just experienced staring at eternity and you and you have uh you know a a little sucker for us to suck on to make us feel you don't get it and that's what I'm talking with about the night vision goggles you're able to see into the darkness that nobody else has been able in you know historically to be able to see and so you if you do not think that when you have PTSD that you've undergone a profound spiritual experience you have another thing coming. Not only that, people can say, well, I'm not religious. Well, the near-death experience people weren't either. Many of them. They go, I am now. And so that's where I'm going with this. People that have said, you know, like at an hors d'oeuvre at a cocktail party, no thanks, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that. PTSD and and the horrible experiences you have had the equivalent, in my opinion, of a near-death experience, but you were conscious the entire time. Well, you have probably altered consciousness, because when you're trying to survive, your brain goes into an overdrive. But my point is, uh, if someone said, well, I didn't have a near-death experience, I had PTSD. Well, if the bullet came another inch closer, you would have, it would have been a near-death experience. And that's where I'm going with this. And you can expect that your life is going to change. Now, what if someone with a near-death experience, and, and occasionally they do, goes to see a psychologist and says, well, you know, what can you do for me? Well, think about it. There's the psychologist, and literally they say, we are not into spiritual things, and I respect them for that. But you cannot make that experience go away with some kind of talk therapy or drugs. You have that experience, and it's a major uh, rewiring of part of your brain, and you're not going to fix it unless you realize you need to go to the spiritual control box part of your brain. And and I think, and this is my opinion, and I am not trivializing what our comrades at arms went through in the infantry and artillery and the women who got military sexual trauma. But I'm saying that you have to reformat that in a 3D image that allows you to become stronger, just like the book of Job. And I didn't write the book of Job. Is that making sense, Dave? Yeah, and you know, I was, uh, I brought up the point about if you were marching or walking point, that's one thing. The other thing was that when, I was facing uh, deployment. I'm a small person, and they had tunnel rat tattooed on my forehead. And not only am I claustrophobic, but the thought of being in a tunnel and not knowing what's around the, the next corner, that would give you a good case of PTSD. And yes. Can, let me ask... Uh, Okay, you, you've got these situations, and it's like we've talked about with uh, first responders. Uh, you, you don't know what you're driving up on when you, 
when you answer a call. And that's what you live with on a 24-7 basis when you're deployed in a hot zone. And uh, can you spiritually, can you help yourself by... Praying in advance that you make it through this particular day or that particular day or that experience or what well, you know let me is be coming. Well, perfectly honest. <laughs> no, I, I for me to to do that, I, I would I would hope I would get about ten thousand calls from police officers. Go, come on down, Doc. Come on down and work with us on the night shift in the bad section. Yeah. Show us, show us. See, I'll end it with how I started. You're from Missouri. My wife is. Show us, Doc. You know, the new guy here, you walk point. And all of a sudden you get that instant reality. No. There's, that is exactly what, uh, um, wears down our veterans, our police officers, our firemen, firemen and women and, uh, First responders and, and ER nurses and OR nurses. No, it is going every damn day into that wondering, am I going to be up to the battle? And that is exactly why I'm saying it's a spiritual battle. There's no amount of happy smiling, hey, here's a happy thought for today. No, you people that are in this profession. Now, I mean, think about it, guys that are high-wire electricians. Hmm. I mean, we're not, they're not seen as first responders until your power goes out. But the people that have jobs that you may, there's a chance, and I don't mean a far-out chance, that if you just forget where you laid your tool across a 20,000-volt line, you're gone. And so, yes, the answer is, uh, I have an answer, and the answer is I don't have an answer. And that is why you have the heroes that we do that stand up to the bad guys, the people from hell, uh, and they have to do that job. And that's why I, the only, obviously I went to seminary, but my, 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 my response is the book of Job is your response. Uh, yes, it is possible, but only through God's help. And I respect, I don't know how uh, the police do it. I, I don't know how they do it. And, and that's why we respect them and the firemen and our soldiers. You, you know, so uh, that is a non-answer, and I'm identifying it as a uh, cheap answer. But it, I'm not going to blow smoke here like I was some hero. And uh, Yeah, I'll show you how I do it. I'll, yeah, maybe getting drunk every day. That's, I'm kidding. Uh, but, that's why you see the... Go ahead, Dave. But, you know, you have the same exact situation with pilots. And um, a commercial airline pilot, and I, I hate to use the word premonition, but, you know, a, a commercial airline pilot can get up and say, I'm calling in sick. There's... Something's out of place with me today. I don't want to fly. And they get in no trouble whatsoever for calling in and getting somebody else to take their flight. 
they can't do it every day, obviously. But if you know, if they have if they have this feeling that something just ain't right, they can get out of it, and that's been true for right. Years, but soldiers can't do that, and EMTs can't do that, and nurses can't do that. And now you know why we have this program. That there there is some clinical benefit in knowing other people are going through the same trash you are. I mean, I talked to <laughs> I had a friend who was a cardiothoracic surgeon, and I just happened to be pumping gas when he pulled up, and I said to him, he's an outstanding surgeon down here in Columbus, and I said, well, I haven't seen him in the OR, and he goes, I retired. He said, you did? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I'm always amazed how you could do cardiothoracic surgery and be such a cool demeanor, and, you know, when you crack the chest, and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you just stand there, just so controlled. He goes, man, I was scared shitless every day. (laughs) And he laughed. And I said, yeah. Well, now the truth. But, you know, people that do these jobs, they make themselves do them for a higher higher calling. You know, uh, going into the ER or operating room where you're you're the, the guy between them living and dying that is not fun and you're right and and that's for an oral max patient that's much less than for a cardiothoracic or general surgeon but you've got that that's why uh we're having this program we're walking the the point for the police force going into a house on a raid Hmm. you know it's not easy and they really don't get any respect but they've got a nice case of ptsd floating around Yes, yeah. they can get. And now here's the problem, David. You nailed it. If you finally said I've had enough, then you're off the force, and 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 in a, in a way, doing what you love is over. And so you're living with that dilemma every day. Don, on that note, we're going to have to take our, another break, and uh, we'll be back talking PTSD and how it affects. Different people in different walks of life. We'll be right back. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with our host, Dr. Don Moeller. Lieutenant Colonel Retired Dr. Don Moeller, 
And as I mentioned, Don is an MD. He's a DDS. And what else are you going to hang on your wall, Don? Uh, nothing but good ideas. You know, <laughs> David, I just, I just want to let our listeners know, this is like a, a sharing place. Uh, you, even if you don't call in and you're listening, uh, knowing that there that there's millions of others who are walking in your moccasins, so to speak, uh, that there that there's a lot of things that you can do to help yourself. And and, and today's program is you went from a two dimensional picture to a three D picture because the spiritual realm has entered. And, and if even you say, well, I'm, I have to repeat, Doc, I'm not religious. Tell that to the people with a near-death experience. And a lot of them, I don't know what percentage, most of them, were not religious people, but they are, they are now. And so I use, that's why I made that connection. In PTSD, when you have to stare death in the face, you can only imagine, you know, I never walked point, just like you said, Dave. We can only imagine what it would be like, but when you finally in that position, you go, "My goodness, this is this is your body is now reacting to reality." You know, I was thinking of getting ready for the show. You, can, I don't care how scary a movie is, and I don't care. As a matter of fact, they can have the scariest movie that ever came out, and I've never seen it, and I can say I know how it ends. I go, how do you know how it ends? I said because the lights come on and you walk back out to your car and you drive home. <laughs> That's the difference between PTSD, a near-death experience, and watching a movie. Your body knows that it's going to walk out to your car, drive home, and have a cold Coca-Cola or whatever. The guy walking point, the nurse in the ICU, and the cop on the beat, it's not a show. It's not a movie. You cannot compare watching a movie because your body already knows you can leave any time you want. You see what I mean, Dave? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By the way, I wanted to point out, um, we have listeners all over the world. Uh, we got um, a nice uh, comment from folks that uh, listen to our classic car show every Saturday morning. They're in Belfast. Northern Ireland, and uh, they love the classic car show, and uh, if um, once in a while we'll have a uh, mistake or we'll have a oops, and um, they'll point it out to us, but they're wonderful folks, and we have people in Australia, we have people all around the world that listen to us, and if you're listening to us, uh, to this show, and let us know what you're thinking, and let us know how you feel about it. Uh, you can email gm at americaswebradio.com, and uh, we'd be we'd love to hear your comments about the show, about Doctor Don, and uh, how we can make. If you're a veteran, particularly, how we can make your life better. So we have people all over the world listening to us. And I thought I'd point that out, Don. Sorry to interrupt well, good. you. Because God gets, reaches every place in the corner of the globe. And I, I'm just going to make a summary statement before we move on with some other other news. 
you know, realizing uh, that your problem is a three-dimensional problem that extends into the spirit, the spiritual area, and that's where you need to go. And read the book of Job and think about it and read uh, a moral injury on uh, Amazon.com. Look up moral injury. They've got some handbooks that, uh, that for the chaplains, but you can, you can read those as well. And those are for all, all face. And they're, I think they're $8 plus shipping. They do not sell them at a, at a, at a uh, profit. They just did that uh, so that the ministers could, could read about them. But it's time that you, uh, looked into the spiritual dimension, uh, that's surrounding us. And you may be able to start crawling out of the hole you're in. Obviously, if you have bipolar disorder and whatever, that you need some medicine for. You didn't ask to have a biochemical deficiency. Well, that's still, that's great. And that, and you need that. And I'll be, or if your, your thyroid's a little low and you're starting to feel funky. Well, in no way are we suggesting that, oh, don't worry about that. No, you do worry about that. That's very legitimate. It's the same thing as smashing your thumb with a hammer. It exists. But, even you're in your best day with your balanced <laughs> thyroid uh, levels, you still may have a spiritual problem, and that's what I'm saying, is that it's the third dimension. Yes, you exist in, and I'll say that the two dimensions, the medicine, the MRIs, and the CT scans, which, by the way, can show where certain areas of your brain aren't, aren't working so well. It's a real problem. But that still doesn't mean that you don't... Uh, Need to paint a three D uh, three dimensional picture and include the spiritual part. Okay, now I'm going to move on to some more interesting news. Uh, the Navy had a commander, uh, excellent guy. His name is Airfeld, Airfeld I think, Ehrenfeld. Uh, he is the president of the American Medical Association, and he's an anesthesiologist. And he got in the news. And he is in the news for the same reason that I am. Uh, he says the VA is trying to approve unqualified people to do medical procedures. Now, here's how it, it comes down. And he used the exact same words I did, is that state medical practice acts tell people what they can do. In order to work in the VA... You have to have an active stable healthcare professional license for whatever you're doing. That's a fact. But when you get to the VA, and especially with the area of PTSD and oral health, and I want, and, and, and the word is stomatonathic system, and I'll come back in a minute. I didn't use that on purpose. So your oral health is being determined, and especially in the area of PTSD, whether or not you could go on and get additional care by a dentist who basically is not trained in that area. Well, Commander, well, Dr. Airfeld's uh, point is the VA is trying to use the federal law that when the federal law says they're qualified, they become qualified. And that's basically like saying a stewardess, if the federal law says it can fly a 747 with two weeks of flight training, then that's, that, that's going to happen. And the pushback is, no, it's not. Uh, that is outrageous for the VA to, this is really happening. They're trying to do it. They have a special legal term 
where the federal law will uh, have higher authority than the state law. So in other words, if, some, if a state says dentists will not be diagnosing traumatic stress disorder uh, in, in the oral system, the federal government says, no, we've authorized it, so we no longer fall under those guidelines. That's that's, sub, that's approving substandard care. They already have ignored, the, the VA dental service completely ignored all recent literature on PTSD and oral health. They don't have a single research researcher in air, any area of dentistry in the VA. And if they're going to try and uh, gloss that over, making it seem, oh, that's what our veterans get. Well, look, the director of the VA has never held a medical health profession's license in anything, even as a nurse's aide. He's never done any research, and he's never been a certified hospital administrator, and he's running the VA. Now, if that's not... Uh, if that doesn't portend where they're trying to take veterans' care, it's outrageous. I don't know how it is in across the world, but you want the best and the brightest for our veterans, and I think we've gotten that through today. I want I want a MD PhD as a head of the VA, a man who or woman uh, who's who's walked the walk. I don't I don't I think it's pretty obvious now by what. Uh, Secretary Madonna is trying to do uh, by allowing that substandard care, and some people, in my opinion, is malpractice uh, to occur for our veterans. Uh, I think that's outrageous. And I, as a matter of fact, this afternoon I will be talking to a congressional liaison uh, person to get this in front of the House Committee on Veterans Health Affairs. We should all applaud, applaud all the work that you do for veterans, Don. Uh, it's been massive over the years. And uh, you should, uh, I know you're not out for the recognition or out for the money, but uh, what you have done, nobody else has dared to take on. So we, uh, we applaud you, and that's why you're doing the show, and uh, we're going to get more and more attention as time goes on. So, with that being said, we're about out of time and going to have to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. <laughs> have, Thanks, Dave. Have, have a great day, buddy. Okay. Take care, Don. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.